Hello there, and welcome to the Joyfully Black Podcast, where we have candid conversations with Black women on nourishing their mental well-being while balancing career, family life, and community care. I'm your host, Joy Dixon, a public health professional turned woman in tech and lover of seeing people thrive in their zone of genius. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Joyfully Black. If my voice sounds a little scratchy, it's because uh, the pollen was quite high in Lisbon, but I am, I've returned stateside to the U.S., so the pollen was high, but so was the fun and relaxation and meeting so many wonderful people, so that's what's going on my voice, y'all. And on today's episode, I'm quite excited to bring uh, today's guest, and I'm speaking with Anita Asante on the superpower of staying in your own lane and how it's created a life she is proud of. Anita is a self-described jack of all trades, an attribute that has served her well as the founder of Black New War Consulting and the head of global partnerships at Afropunk. When this London-bred brand strategist isn't handling seven-figure client deals, she's bringing a fresh perspective in the luxury creative and entertainment industry. So go ahead, join us as we discuss the merits of creating a time-rich life and staying in your own lane as forms of self-care. Whether it's creating space for travel or exercising the power of no, Anita shares how she stays booked and busy while making time for rest too. We may have even had a mini dance break during our convo. (laughs) Y'all know how I do. So please be sure to tag me at Joyfully Black, that's at Joyfully BLK on Instagram, and Anita at underscore by Anita. And share this episode with your community to spread the word if you or someone you know has benefited from this episode. I am super curious to hear all about your experience staying in your lane or how staying in your lane has benefited you. So let's go ahead and dive in. Anita, welcome to the Joyfully Black Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you as well. So, Anita, what I have uh, do with all of my guests is just a level set for us. Um, I know you're fabulous, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, to know what really inspired you to choose a career path at the intersection of culture, beauty and business development. Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I've always been a really curious person. So even from when I was younger, like, for example, my dad would always say, you're so inquisitive because I just always wanted to know everything and about everything. And I think that my upbringing like has always been one that kind of seeks culture. Like I love traveling, but I'm also just really interested in like other people and like what makes them tick and all of those things. So it's kind of like a mishmash of everything coming together. I'm definitely part of the, you know, slash generation where, you know, you do one thing and then you also do another thing. And, um, it's really interesting. You know that phrase like jack of all trades, yes. but how it says master of none. But what they don't tell you is that if you are, but it's better to be a master of more or something. I'm, I'm getting yes. wrong. But like if it's it's better to have more than one thing and it doesn't matter if you are just, um, it's better than being a master of one. So I was like, that's really interesting. That really resonated with me because I've always loved doing multiple different things. And, you know, 
we're not monolithic people. So it's kind of like just really picking up all of these things along the way and just having an interest in it. So I don't know if that answered your question, if I totally missed it, but essentially that's kind of what has inspired me to really get into my career. Like I love music, I love beauty, I love fashion. Um, and I think that working at Afropunk is really mm-hmm. an intersection of all of that. But then also within my consultancy, it's really tapping into working with different brands and working with different people and just seeing how you can, you know, create a connected thread throughout everything and really like create those sticky moments. So Yes. No, you absolutely answered my question. And you're and yes, that quote, Jack of all trades was actually it's actually a compliment the, because the full exactly. phrase it is the full phrase is uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, though oftentimes better than master of one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's so sad because that quote is misconstrued. Yes. So a lot of people just really take it to heart and be like, I don't want to be a jack of all trades, but it's actually a very positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So when I when I figured that out, that was really revelatory to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because the more skills you have, the more different things that you can do and see how they marry together, just as you were talking about in your own experiences. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think, you know, your your multi hyphenate life <laughs> is. <laughs> you know, really, you know, lends itself well to, you know, what I've learned is one of your life mantras, um, work to live, live to work. You know, it sounds like because you are multi-hyphenate, you are multitasking as well. Yeah. So what does working to live look like in practice for you? I think it's really crucial that you set boundaries and blocks. So for example, in my day like the mornings are super crucial for me mm-hmm. um and it's kind of how I set myself up to be the best version that I can be to show up so I really take the mornings to do what I want to do and whether that's going to the gym or whether that is you know watching a show or just something that will really set my day up in the way that I want it to be so I can actually tackle it and be ready and full on um, but I also think it's incredibly important that you know, we are in such a busy working lifestyle and we'll always go, go, go. But you need to take those times that you just kind of step out of it and really, really take the time to understand that your life is equally important and it's it works outside of work. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, for example, we were working 24-7. You think that because you're not going into the workplace, then it's okay because you're at home. But no, it actually ended up being worse because you'll be like, oh, it's six o'clock, but let me carry on and carry on doing work. And then the next thing, you know, you look up and it's 11 p.m. Your day is gone. So I just think it's really important to set those boundaries and be like, we are here on this earth to enjoy ourselves. It's not a case of we are going to kill ourselves over our work. It's really important to have that boundary because then you'll get burnt out. And that's just not something. So what I've implemented is like block. So in the mornings, it's me time. And then I'll really focus on one task at hand. Then I'll focus on another task at hand. And I kind of like have my to-do list where I have like various blocks um, of what's most pressing, what's my top five that I need to complete for that day. And then honestly, when it gets to like, I don't know, seven o'clock, depending on sometimes there's circumstances like such as a client meeting that you need to have on that day and that could potentially go a little bit longer um and in my case a lot of my clients are in the US so 
you know, I'm five hours ahead. So naturally you have to kind of make space for that. But typically on the whole, I think it's getting um, everyone to understand that you do have your boundaries and you do have your cutoff point. And like, for example, after like 7 p.m., um, then you won't be able to catch me until the next day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. And you you mentioned around boundaries. And I'm curious, when did you start to realize that you needed to set those boundaries for yourself and your clients? I mean, because you're a founder of a consultancy, you're also the global head of partnerships at Afropunk. And of course, you know, you've worked with various uh, beauty companies globally. When did that kind of light bulb click for you? I actually think it was, um, so by way of a bit of background, I worked in New York for about five years. I mean, I think New York is incredibly fast paced Mm -hmm. and the environment is work, 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 work. And I worked for an advertising agency, which was, you know, really, really great and fun at the time, but it was super fast paced and there was a lot that you need, you know, you needed to do. And I think at that point, being an employee and having to not necessarily, you're not on your own time schedule, you're kind of at the mercy of your employer to a certain extent um it became really evident to me that I was running the risk of burnout Mm. and it wasn't making me happy and I wasn't enjoying what I was doing and you know you get to the point where it's so difficult to get out of bed because you just really don't have anything that you're looking forward to Mm. and it was at that point that I kind of took stock and I was like this is not what life is about and that's why kind of like I'm working to live I'm not living to work came from um and for me that was really the defining moment in my life when I was like I need to take control of my time and you know forge a new path in which I can kind of put those boundaries in place and make sure that I'm fulfilling a life that is best suited to my own needs um so yeah so that that was a defining moment for me and then obviously um naturally when you're a founder and then you're also doing your own business it gets crazy busy but the beauty of it is that you are able to manage your time and you are able to um and in the beginning it's difficult because you're trying to build something up and you're like you're you're scared to say no to things Mm -hmm. but over time and as you get more confident in yourself and your abilities and you build up a robust network and they know what you're doing I think that the power of saying no is really really important you don't need to take everything on um it's really important to just kind of be like does that work for me is it something that is going to serve me in the long term? Am I okay with saying no to it? And when you start to implement those strategies and those things along the way, it honestly, it's a, it's a game changer. Yeah. How do you know when you should say no to something and when you should say yes? I think instinctually in my gut, it doesn't, I think money isn't the root of happiness and I genuinely do truly believe that because you I've I've turned on clients where they have been like really great in terms of a monetary thing but I just know that it would make me really time poor and for me having time and having that freedom to kind of do what I need to do is really really important so I think that I always kind of set benchmarks of like will this take away from the things that I want to do will this make me unhappier in the long run and also is it a right fit for me and my personality and kind of where I want to go in the future so I have like these different brackets that I you know set myself against Mm, yes and I, I love that you use the phrase time poor 
because I think so many of us, you know, the mantra booked and busy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like I remember when that was like the thing to say, booked and busy. And I and now I'm starting to see and maybe it's because we've been living through a pandemic the more right. folks are starting to value their time and the quality of their time and not just being busy for the yeah. sake of being busy. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's like you could be booked and busy, but also get some rest, you know, oh. be rested. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I have definitely said that before. <laughs> you know, I will you. <laughs> that was my 20s. I was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But I was like, party and that was my... <laughs> but still we were on on the go still on the go but you're being intentional about what you're taking on Mm -hmm. exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and you know your career and I know we're talking a lot about career we'll we'll pivot into some other areas but you know your career has been based on just creating opportunities and seeing the possibilities which which I love you know I always say even in the worst of states, there there's a there's a possibility out there if yeah. you know if you're able to to see it and visualize right. it. Challenging sometimes when you're in the thick of some chaos, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that you have probably run up against some challenges in the beauty of creating this world for yourself and the vision that you this bold vision you have for your business, your clients, yourself. And so, is there a particular uh, challenge that kind of stands out to you and um, how you were able to overcome? Oh my gosh. Do you know, actually recently, and I think with the pandemic, cause it was kind of like, it kind of changed everything. So I, I guess I, I would mention Afropunk. So obviously we're a live experiences company. Um, we handle all of these events across the globe and, you know, our main audience is Um, our community members who turn up and show up as their best selves at the festival. So it's really, you know, a face-to-face interaction, that type of thing. So when the world shut down and we weren't able to hold festivals because of obviously COVID, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh my gosh, what do you do? And then you have all of these partners that you bring on and they love that face-to-face interaction. Like they want to connect with your audience on a deeper level and it naturally is face-to-face. So it's kind of a challenge of how do you still communicate that interaction that these brands need, but also knowing that there's not going to be anything on the ground or any in real life interaction. So we really had to quickly pivot our business model and everything moved online and it was like the challenge was how do you create that sense of community and you know family through a digital landscape and then the second challenge of that was how do you bring partners along the ride with you um, to be as invested as they are on the ground Um, so that was one of the challenges that I faced but what I love doing is obviously you know there's like the creative and then there's like the business strategy behind it is like just thinking through what that connective thread is and how you can get them to almost still have that same experience um through digital through like a different platform and a different landscape and you know we successfully managed to do that I'm really proud of what we achieved um we held this great festival online it was Planet Afropunk that debuted in 2020 and 
it was it was it was honestly it was just amazing and like the feedback and just the reach and how many people we were able to touch through that just was like mind-blowing so so yeah I always do believe that where there is a will and there is a way and I think that great strategy and creativity just really can kind of set everything to light yeah for sure and I appreciate you sharing that and so when when thinking about you know those career sort of things and that was a career challenge how has how has your experiences really impacted how how you sh- choose to show up in the world? You know, it's really funny. As Black women, I think that naturally we are always, it's like we've got a chip in us that is like you have to be super resilient at all things. So I am actually a very resilient person. Like it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to back down and not like plow on and move forward like I always am very results driven in the sense that I'm like there is a way like you can't say no to me I will find a way that we can figure this out or work and I think that's really carried me through in all walks of life Mm -hmm. um I think resilience is key for me and I try and you know show up and maneuver in the best way that I can in all things Mm -hmm. and what would you say are you know, and that's great to hear because I I definitely hear that in you having the 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 mantra, another mantra of where there's a will, there's a way. I grew up my dad saying that mantra to us all the time. <laughs> you know, even now he'll he'll say, "Oh, if you want to do something, okay, well, what's holding you back? Just do it." Exactly. Like, yeah, it's like like okay, oh, you want to do that? Great. Yeah. Well, make the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so funny you say that because upbringing is really important because my parents have never said that I cannot do anything that I put my hands up to. Like I remember when I was like maybe 12 and I was like, I want to go skiing. And then they're like, you've never done skiing before. And I was like, well, I want to go and I can do it. And then they supported me and they're like, okay, you can go. And it was just things like that, that I really truly believe that whatever I put my heart and soul into, I can achieve it. And it may, sometimes it may take longer, um, but I know that there's always going to be the end goal and it's going to be, you know, great. And I'm also not afraid of failure in that sense because it, it, you know, sometimes along the road you do have those blips, but it doesn't mean that you can't get up and do it again. Yeah, for sure. And that's great that you were buoyed, you know, and that, that fearlessness, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to call this fearlessness, <laughs> was, was really supported by your parents because, you know, everyone doesn't have that experience, but sometimes it's almost as though someone else's faith in us all also convinces us that we can do it. Yeah. Even when that inkling of doubt sort of peaks up, just yeah. knowing that someone else is like, of course you can. Like it's the easiest. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like even now, one of my newest ventures is that I'm launching um, a hair brand. And oh. it's kind of like, yeah, I know. So it's kind of like, what do you, is there any more things that you're going to add on to your bow? But it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I've always loved like hair care and like scalp care and that type of thing. So yeah, it's like, you're just going to make the time and make it work. Oh yeah. No, that's amazing. Do you have a, uh, like a launch date for it or is it still in development? Um, yeah. Come in like 2023. So look out for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We will. We will. That is very exciting. What would you say as you're thinking about that piece about resiliency and building your own self-care practices, what are three essential tools that are in your mental health self-care toolbox? 
You know, I think the gym for me is such a release. So I think like any types of physical exercise, I'm actually, I'll be honest, I'm not super, super big on like meditation or like breath work. I have tried it. It just doesn't actually work for me. And it's really interesting because I think that when you think of self-care, you're automatically like, oh, you should meditate or you should do breath work. And there's nothing wrong with not all like break, you're doing nothing wrong with that. But I also think that it's very individualistic to the individual. So like I get my self-care from going to the gym and, you know, being on the elliptical machine and releasing yes. and like a rush of endorphins. So for me, that's like one of the key things. Like I have to start my day, whether it's through a brisk walk or mm-hmm. just some form of exercise that, that centers me and that gives me calm. Prayer, mm-hmm. I think that really centers me. Like I think, you know, I wake up every single morning and I actually like say prayer and say what I'm thankful for and what I'm grateful for mm-hmm. because that really just grounds me. And just even if things feel like they are, overwhelming on top or it's not going your way I think that just expressing that gratitude just really makes you come back to self um so that's that and then yeah I think I think in all honesty that's my two main things and then obviously being boundaried with people um as well as with with work as well Mm -hmm. I think that's important oh yeah no I'm glad you shared that so I see you're another cardio queen (laughs) I'm trying. I was eating over the pandemic, so I need to. So you're like, oh, we're coming out to play again. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I know what you mean. And, and you know, you're so right. Self-care looks different for everyone because I know I do have some friends who I cannot convince to go to a Zumba class with me. I am like really into Zumba, like a lot. <laughs> all the time yeah I had this fantastic instructor but then she left and I was like oh no and then I just never really did it again yes yeah so you know how it is like all those all those endorphins and like even like I did so in the U.S. um, our taxes are due next um, our taxes are due um, coming up and like I did you know our taxes over the weekend or got things together for the accountant and I was like, oh, this is a form of self-care because I'm taking care of the finances, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It gives you that feel good. So I hear you. Yes. People like taxes, really? <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Like someone recently asked me like, oh, you're always asking other people, like, what's your form of self-care? And I was like, uh, probably working out and making sure my finances are in order and, you know, hanging out <laughs> with friends too. But, you know, there's, there's so many pillars to, to right. here it's like so many different pillars whether it's you know spirituality yeah. um, finances our physical health and in so many other elements you know I, I'm gonna pivot back because I'm curious so you mentioned that you're gonna be launching a hair care line yes. coming soon next year and so what inspired you to to launch this line you know, it's actually born from a personal story. Like, so I've always, growing up, I've always had like problems with my scalp, especially. It was like 
really flaky just it was just problematic like I would wear braids I couldn't wear it for like longer than two weeks because it would be sore or there would be just like flakes it was just like kind of an embarrassing thing like I think my dad one time said to me why is your hair like white and he didn't mean anything by it but it was just like it was just I just couldn't keep braids or styles in my hair for a long time um so I'd gone to like so many different like local hairdressers and they were just like you have to just oil your scalp just do this just do that and the problem only got exasperated and it was just becoming worse so then I went to like a few trichologists and I was trying to figure out what was the root of this problem only to find out that you know I had a case of contact dermatitis but what I was the information that I was being told over the course of the years was just contrary to what was needed for my scalp and instead of like for example putting hot oil treatments on or salt scrubs I actually really needed to like go right down to the basics and clarify my scalp and like you know clear it up like our scalp is self-cleaning it's also an extension of our skin so in the same way that we have our skin tech care routine down to a t we have to treat our scalp in the same way so I really set about creating and formulating products and I work with a fantastic team that helps me with like you know formulations and that type of thing and it was like how do you create like a natural um scalp care products that really gets to the root of the problem and in the same way that we treat our skin treats our scalp because it is an extension of our skin at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and that's yeah that's how my brand was born so it's really the first um three products are going to really focus on like wash day essentials um so it's going to be like everything down to exfoliation hydration um, nourishment and just really focusing on scalp health because that is really the route to healthy hair it really is. Well, that's fantastic. And do, what's the name? Can you share the name of your of your name? Um, yeah, it's Scalp Good. Scalp Good. Yeah. Oh, simple. <laughs> like exactly, your scalp should be good. Oh, exactly, I love that. exactly. Yeah. I love that. It's kind of like how you're like, you good? And you yes, good? exactly. <laughs> exactly I mean, that. I can be in the commercial when you know when you get ready for your marketing. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And you know, Anita, I I found out that you were featured in the 2021 book Hair Evolution, uh, her stare, her story, and our history. And so I'm curious, as a person who has worked with beauty brands, you're launching your own line. Who or what inspires you to show up fully, and why? Ooh, firstly, you're good. I can't believe you found that. <laughs> that was good. Um, oh, that is such a good question. Um, I would say the people that are closest to me and around that I see on a daily basis and that like inspire me and I look up to. So it's like for a myriad of people, I think obviously like my family and just like close friends and, you know, Um, my boyfriend, like things like that. I just think they are the people that keep me going and want to continue to, you know, show up. But also equally, I'm showing up for myself. Like, I think I, like, I want to be better and achieve, you know, great things. So yeah, I'm also trying to inspire myself, if that makes sense. Like, I want to inspire, I want to look back and be like, I'm proud of the person that I've become. And you know how they say, what would you tell your younger self? Like, yes. where would you be? Yeah, it's things like that. So that that's what really drives me and keeps me going. Yeah. 
And what would you tell your younger self if you could go back in time about, you know, how to really mentally and emotionally nourish yourself? I would say, I would say, you know what? You are super strong and resilient. There's going to be experiences that you go through as a Black woman in the workplace that are going to possibly knock you, but it's going to make you stronger in the long run. Um, But I'll I'll honestly be like, you're doing amazing. And (laughs) you shouldn't be too hard on yourself um, because, you know, you are achieving things that you want to achieve. And then also don't, don't compare yourself to other people. Like you're in your own lane. So really keep your focus and just set your sights on God. And I think that continue to just do what you're doing. I'm, if you haven't noticed, I'm all I'm like very self-affirming. I think yes. it's really important because naturally as women, we just really kind of speak down to ourselves. And it's that inner voice that is really, really important. And it's kind of like if you think of all the times that you're like, oh, I'm so silly or I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't like we're so critical of our own selves. And when you start to be like, like it's some like it's a little test sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. if you were to say something to yourself and would you speak that same way to your friend? You wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So we need to also start to speak positive affirmations into our own self. And I never always used to be like this, but it took a lot of work for me to be like, no, like speak positively because then that really comes out in everything that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And before you, and I I love that you do those positive uh, affirmations for yourself. I'm the same way, like even just before, you know, we, we hopped here to, to talk today. I, I just had to say, like, you know, I had to fix my own crown. I had to yeah. get my together, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, for those of us who do the, the self-affirming, sometimes we have to hear someone else's voice before we can believe it ourselves. So before you got to that point, was there someone else's voice or belief in you that you heard that kind of helped you before you got to that point? Um, I would say my, my parents, like, again, they've always been very, you can do this, you've got this, like, very self-believing and, like, really pushing forward. So I, I would say them, like, they've definitely instilled in me, like, a sense of worth and a sense of self that I honestly think that if I didn't have them, it would be, I wouldn't be so confident in my own self. And if that's, mm-hmm. like, they definitely have really instilled that in me um and I and you know I'm so grateful because I've luckily managed to carry that throughout my entire life and that's not to say that you're not going to have knocks or a series of like you know bouts of like you know unconfidence or that type of thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's really set me in good stead I think so I I think I, I I owe a lot to them in that sense yeah and you know there may be some some folks who are listening on the podcast or maybe they're watching this and maybe they're they're not they're not to that other side yet right what sort of insider perspective could you share with them as they're on that journey from maybe that self-doubting doubtful talk to making that way to affirming themselves because sometimes there's not going to be anyone else around to encourage yeah, you no sometimes you you literally have to just affirm yourself and so what would you say to those folks who are trying to get to that point where they can do that treat it as an exercise whether that's take out a notebook write five things that 
you love about yourself, five things that you know that only you yourself can do, five things that, you know, just makes you happy, just things like that. And then also, I think what's really crucial is that we live in such a comparison society. You can't focus on what other people are doing. I know it's easier said than done, but it's really, really important because that is just going to always like bring you down because someone's, someone, what someone else is doing and could be absolutely nothing to them, but you're looking at it like, oh my gosh, I wish it was me. But you just don't know, you really never know what's going on behind closed doors. You can't compare yourself. And I always say comparison is the thief of joy. So as soon as you start to really focus on yourself and almost in a way stay in your own lane and be really tunnel visioned and focus on that, that is to me the root of inner happiness. Um, and then again, I think the tangible steps are just writing down like all the things that you are good at and what makes you happy and what you hope to achieve and that type of thing. And I think I think that is like the first first steps for affirming yourself. Yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, and you know what's something that I have found that's that's been helpful as well because I. I yeah, I definitely agree with writing those things down. And something else I have found that's helpful, and, and I, you may do this too, is sometimes reflect on what you have achieved or what yeah, you exactly. even if it's washing the dishes, even if you only had enough energy to wash your face, it was something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It might not be like making a 40 under 40 list, but it was what you were able to do at that time. It's like, if I could do it then, okay, past me did this. So, you know, present me can move forward and the future me is going to look back. Exactly. But even you're so right, even with the 40 and the 40 thing, like we are in society where they put such a pressure, like if you're not, if you're not under 30, under 30, if you're not under 40, under 40, you haven't achieved anything in your life. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Everyone's achievements in life are completely different. So I think that that you should also in that respect, not put so much pressure in yourself to, you know, like if you've woken up one day and you've shown up, that's great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like we just need to stop with all of this external pressure and all of this external validation. It's like, for example, this might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> Women's Day, right? Yeah. Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Women's International Day. Every single year, it's kind of like you only really celebrate and highlight those women who are trailblazers and who are doing phenomenal things. It's, I mean, obviously it's wonderful, like they're pioneers. For sure. But also I think that Women's International Day should be celebrating the everyday woman who, you know, has gotten up and done grocery shopping for the family and things like that. So I think I think there's a balance in all things. And I just, yeah, I just think that's really important to note as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. I am like all about celebrating the unsung hero. Because there's so many people behind the scenes that the it may something they do may seem mundane as you know going they got grocery for their family or the person that's rec- you know recording for some someone else in service to someone else right? right sometimes women are in helping roles you know even if they're executive in, in their careers you know sometimes they're exactly. helping roles in other aspects of their lives whether it's being a caregiver or whatever yeah yeah and so it's yeah you're right I mean it is so important to just to celebrate women every day. Cause I mean, exactly. you, know, you make the world go around. <laughs> Say it again. 
cute, cute, cute Beyonce who runs the world. <laughs> Should I do the dance? No, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So there is a quote that I love to um, ask all of my guests. And this quote is by uh, Jean Bolin. It says, um, when you discover something that nourishes your soul and brings you joy, care enough about yourself to make room for it in your life. So what nourishes yourself, your soul so much that you absolutely create space for it? Traveling. Love it. I traveling is my number one. I like live to travel. Like I honestly, I love it so much. Like it, ugh, I like plan my holidays. Like from like the beginning of the year, I'm like, right, this is everything that I'm doing. Like it just really sets my soul alight. I love culture. I love seeing different things. And I just, you know, so traveling for sure. Mm, so what's, what's the, uh, what's your favorite place to visit? Oh, I can't answer that. That's like, <laughs> There's so many. I think recently my top, my top places, I mean, I'm from Ghana. So naturally Ghana is like there, mm-hmm. but I really, I went to Santorini, I think last year and oh, it was, yes. it was so beautiful. And it was during the pandemic towards the end, I wasn't traveling like at the height, but mm-hmm. it was so quiet and so peaceful and it was just, oh, it was just really great. So yeah, I just love every, everywhere. I've been to quite a few places like Brazil and, mm-hmm. you know, very, so yeah, I can't really pick a specific country but um yeah where do you want to go next what are some places on your list I want to do Kenya I want to do the safari I want to watch like the wildebeests migrate that's that's something that we're planning oh yes oh no that sounds fantastic we'll have to we'll have to talk offline so I can tell you about a a trip that you took hear that <laughs> yes absolutely and so now that I know like traveling just light your soul on fire you absolutely create space for because it, it sounds like at the top of the year you're like these are the places I'm going and are you a person that kind of adds in these random these random 100 I mean like where am I going to be next week who knows <laughs> yes. you know, I really yeah I love it so much like I make space for that 100 percent uh absolutely And then as you reflect on this season of your life specifically, what is bringing you joy right now? I think it's, it's a hard one. I think it's kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. Like I'm so proud of what I'm like about to embark on and like just continuing on with my consultancy and like what I'm doing with Afropunk. Like, and I'm constantly don't get me wrong like sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I'm so scared but I'm really proud that I'm still pushing and still being like all right there may be fear there but it's not going to stop me from doing what I want to do so yeah I think I would say that like stepping out of my comfort zone and not letting fear overtake you know feeling the fear and doing it anyway exactly yeah yeah and I didn't ever quite realize what that meant until you're in the thick of it and you're doing it. But then I was like, all right, that really resonates with me. Oh, that's wonderful. And so Anita, how can folks uh, stay in touch with you online or offline? Um, Yeah, I mean, you can follow me. It's uh, 
um, on Instagram, it's underscore underscore by Anita. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also follow me on my social, my brand social, which is at Scalp Goods. But yeah, no, that's it really. Excellent. Well, it was such a pleasure speaking with you, Anita. Thank you for joining us on Joyfully Black. And we look forward to hearing about this launch that's coming up. And just I'll um, send you some samples. <laughs> oh, yes, I would love, I would love that. I would love that. And so yeah, we'll definitely be keeping in touch. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thanks again for joining Joyfully Black this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give a five-star review and share with a friend. And be sure to visit our website, joyfullyblk.com, where you can subscribe to the show at Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you'll never miss a show. Until next week, stay in the black, y'all.